0: This class is a Fight for Your Family class, and I want to tell you a bit about Fight for Your Family. It's a, a ministry that Bellevue offers to resource both marriage and parenting. And we stole the idea from the book of Nehemiah, and it was a situation where Nehemiah was in a, a condition where there was, he was trying to complete a big task God had given him to rebuild this wall. Yet all the people around him were discouraged. They were distracted. There was an enemy coming against them. And at one point, kind of the heat of the battle type deal, he stopped the whole show, and he simply said this on Nehemiah 4.14. Kevin, you mind read that off the screen, please? So his his call, his crowd, to his people, okay. here's what we're going to do. I know we've got an enemy coming against us. I know we're distracted. We're discouraged. We think that we're not going to win this thing, but let's do this. Let's remember the Lord. All right, let's fight for our families. And so we realize here at Bellevue that that you're up against an enemy, not only the the devil himself, but the culture that's trying to tear down family, trying to tear down marriage, trying to tear down parenting. We just want to tonight say to you and to us, let's remember the Lord and let's fight for our families. We're trying to provide topics for each of us that will help us, encourage us and point us in the right direction so that we can live out this big project God's given us of raising our family in a spiritually minded way. So tonight I'm excited. Tonight we're going to move into this next topic called Making Sense of Our Money. We're bringing in a friend of mine, Tom Tennell, and he is our local kind of expert on this and just a lot of fun and it really walks the talk. He's been in my living room with my wife and I helping us get through some hurdles and finances and done it very kindly. So he does that for a lot of folks. So let me pray for us and I'll invite Tom up. Father, you're so good to us. Thank you for tonight and thank you for the chance to be together and to, to come as, as husbands and wives and mothers and fathers just with a desire to learn better um, from your word and from those who've gone before us. So, Lord, how to lead our families in a way and that will honor you and, Lord, that would help us pass our faith on. Lord, thank you that tonight we can remember that you are our God and that we can fight for our families. Right now, I pray you'd bless Tom. to you know, give him wisdom as he shares with us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, Tom. I doubt
1: I need the mic. It's so, Oh, it is recording. Oh, okay. I I don't like microphones, but I will do that. All right. Well, thank you guys for first of all for having me tonight. Um, expert is a stretch. Okay. So that's Tim's Tim's opinion. Uh, I think I'm really the guy that's kind of come through a lot of hard knocks, and the Lord has uh, faithfully been there for us and restored us. And so that's the position I come to you tonight. I'm not a professional speaker. I don't have any speaking skills. But my heart is that tonight I can share something that maybe will help you or something that will resonate with you. You'll take home, put into your family, into your finances, and it will help you on, in your journey. Is that fair enough? Okay. Um, I like to start with an introduction, and that can't go without uh, my wife. Uh, this is my wife, Leslie. We've been married for 34 years, and uh, we, she has literally stuck through thick and thin uh, with me, especially from a financial perspective. If we have time, I'll share that story with you. This is my uh, son-in-law, Taylor, and my daughter, Mary. And then uh, on the far right is our first grandbaby, Hazel. We're in that phase of life, and I love it. And then my second grandbaby, Hadley. And then most recently here on the left is Holland. So we're going with H's. (laughs) Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's interesting. My daughter said when when she found out she was pregnant with a third girl, she says, well, are you disappointed? I said, no. I said, I'm probably going to get a fourth out of this deal. So she said, yeah, okay. So Here's the way those play out. We've got Hazel down here with the big smile and the um, idea girl, right? She's got all the ideas. And then Hadley, as child number two, doesn't ask you know, for permission, she just does it. And then Holland is no doubt gonna get all the blame. Yeah, I like some fun. In fact, I'm leaving here tonight to go pack up, finish packing up for an annual trail ride that my uh, family does. Uh, we we All the guys go, and this is in Tuscumbia, Alabama. Uh, we go and ride trails. I like this ride because it is veteran-focused. Here we are at Veterans Day, and uh, the group that puts it on is very um, veteran-focused. And then also, uh, we have a devotion every day before we go out, and we have um, prayer. And then there's a group that donates all their used equipment to um, those that can't afford you know the equipment. so we they, they invite all those folks in and we make sure they get a ride. Um, my son-in-law there on the left, my dad and then me and my brother. So just a couple of objectives for tonight. It, this is a tough class because there's no doubt we've got a lot of different uh, people in different places on their journey, right their financial journey. So what I what, what I'm going to try to do tonight is, We're going to go through the biblical principles of finance, right? We always start here at Bellevue going right into the scriptures, but to save some time, Tim asked me to give you some really practical tips tonight so you can take those back. I I did a handout. All the scriptures and all the principles are right there for you. So we'll we'll cruise through that pretty quick, and then we will get right into um, some practical tips you can take away. And then... Uh, Part of those tips will be how to establish goals. I find that oftentimes people don't start with the simplest thing in mind, which is pray and ask the Lord, what would you have me to do, right? And then write those down as goals. And, um, you know, there's an old saying, and I've got it in my slides here, but if you aim at nothing, that's exactly what you'll hit, right? Right. And then we'll talk about how to create a budget. I know a budget is sometimes kind of a, a bad word in a lot of You know, it's like, oh, I don't want to do that. That's too hard, whatever. We'll talk about two styles of budgets and the one that I prefer and why I prefer it. And I think you'll like that. And then practical ways to reduce your expenses. We set these goals and then we say, well, gosh, we've got to have some funds to make those goals, right? And these are some tips to maybe... Uh, help jar you, you know, help you think about, get some ideas about how to reduce your expenses. But then also the other lever you can pull in your personal finances is the income lever. And a lot of people, you know, miss that, that point is, hey, maybe I could increase my income, not just reduce expenses. Um, and finally, I'm a big believer in Dave Ramsey's um, seven steps, baby steps, you don't have to, if, if you don't subscribe to that, it's okay, but I'm just telling you that I've seen it work over and over again. So I, if you'll give me a chance, I'll go through those baby steps real quick. You, it may be repeat for a lot of you, but um, I've been through the class numerous times, and it seems like I learned something new every time I go through it. All right, so first off, why you know why, why do we even talk about this? And I think Tim did a great example of introducing... Um, you know the class are, are telling us why we're here for the class, but it's it's for our families, right? It's and and then for me, it's also to expand our um, witness. So let's there's about 800 references in the Bible on money, and that's a lot. It's only second to the topic of love, and then when you include things like possessions and and uh, land and other things, it gets up to about 2,000 references. So it's a lot. I mean, there's a reason it's in there. I think the Lord knew we were going to struggle here and that we needed a lot of guidance. Um, leading cause of divorce. I got all kinds of studies. I, I Sometimes I'll put them in, in these slides, sometimes not because of time. But if you want those, I've got all kinds of studies on why uh, money is so important in your relationship, your marriage uh, relationship, and your family relationship. But it's, it's cited as the leading cause of divorce. I um, very often. Almost the number one cause. You're here for peace, right? Peace in your family, and then also to expand our Christian witness. We'll talk a little bit about that, because you know, in my journey, I started asking the question, why? Why do all this? What What does it matter, right? Why, if we gain a lot of wealth, or we do well with our money, why? And so tonight, I'll I'll take just a minute and we'll talk about maybe the why. And I think that's what drives me the most. So in your notes, if you want to follow along, that's fine. You can uh, make notes there. I'll go very quickly on these. Also, I'm going to leave time for uh, Q&A. So if you guys have any questions, I'm more than welcome to kind of dive into whatever area you want. Again, it's hard for a class this size to know exactly what the concerns are. But God is, God owns it all. He's this, we're just stewards or managers. A steward is a manager, right? Usually like a large estate. And so we are just the stewards. This started early in Genesis uh, when God uh, gave Adam the responsibility to name and take care of all the, uh, of his creation, in Proverbs, um, debt is a form of slavery. Who, who what, what can you tell me? What's a characteristic of slavery? Anybody? Somebody, somebody's in control. Anybody else? Ownership. What, what do you, if you're a slave, what do you not have? Freedom. So um, in Proverbs, it says the borrower is a slave to the lender. It does, not, it does not say that debt is a sin, okay? It, it, it just says that uh, the borrower is slave to the lender. So when we take on debt, we give up a little bit of freedom, okay? Um, also, we're to work and provide for our family. These are two scriptures that provide strong uh, caution about providing for our family and that if we, there's consequences if we don't do that, and we're to provide for our, per, our own family first, and then on to giving and, and providing needs of others. Monetary wealth comes from uh, consistent discipline. You, you know, I don't know about you guys, but I hear all the time about you know cryptocurrency and this investment and that investment and basically get rich quick schemes. Um, it's uh, we're, we're we're just kind of pummeled with it all all the time, and the Bible um, talks about monetary wealth coming from a consistent or what what I think of as like a drip, you know. So a, a very consistent work ethic and uh, um, being prudent with our investments. Money is um, the root of all evil. It's not evil in itself. Greed is. And so I think sometimes, you know, I have had thoughts before that maybe, you know, money was, um, was the cause of the problem, but the root of the problem. And, and, and honestly, it's the love of money that's the root cause of, of, uh, of our problems, not money itself. You know, one of, the, one of the examples I love to use this building is the result of people giving and their discipline. Uh, their, their their work, right, to earn money, and their discipline to give, and we're sitting in this nice air-conditioned building because of that, right? Um, and then giving, we you know, in the Old Testament, we have Malachi 3, 10, and 11, and by the way, you know, most of us stop with 10. I don't know, growing up, I always heard, okay, give the tithe, bring it to the storehouse, right, tithe is 10 percent, but I love the second part of that verse, which talks about the protection of the Lord and not not allowing the pest. You know, this was an agricultural um, society, right? But not allowing the pest to devour their crops. And I think about, and I, and I started not taking for granted that the Lord was, was keeping my 1989 air conditioner <laughs> on the north side of the house running. You know, I know it's mechanical. It's not going to last forever, but give thanks, right? His protection is there when we tithe. And then in the New Testament, um, you know, we don't do away with the tithe, right? But we get a concept of being a cheerful giver. So, yeah, there's still the guideline for 10%, but, man, we are to live like this, open, open-handed, being cheerful givers. All right, let's talk a little bit about goals and how to establish goals. The way way I like to do this is, and I've got a sheet um, on one of your handouts here. If you'll notice, um, it's got his and hers goals separately, okay? If you you are um, married... And you are planning together, I encourage you to do them separately first. And then, because and what I want you to do is not do, um, not think about what the other person wants. Think, you know, set the goals that you have for yourself first. Almost kind of, I hate to use the term selfishly, but set be thinking about what you want as your goals and then compare that to your spouse. And what this does, it it, it starts a conversation of. What should we be working on together? And it also kind of highlights where your differences are going to be. I've talked to numerous couples, and they're like, oh, we're on the same page. We do this exercise. And it's like, no, you're not on the same page. <laughs> you know, so if you, if you do it um, right and you just do it kind of, again, self-focused a little bit, but what you think your guy's family goal, I mean, what your financial goals should be, and then compare them you'll flesh out those differences, and then also the things that are common are the things that I would recommend to you that you go forward with as a priority, as a a goal in your family. And then also, very good. So um, I break them down as long-term goals and short-term goals. So long-term goals might be saving for a child's education. It might be Uh, depending on where you are in your journey, maybe paying off debt. It may be a house, a big purchase item, right? It takes more than a year to get that goal. So it takes some planning and some steps. Short-term goals are a year or less, something that maybe I can get done. So for example, I may want to sell a car to start paying off debt, or, or I may want to start a savings account that's the short-term piece of the, or the tactical piece almost of, of what may be a long-term goal. Does that make sense? You can bre- think about them that way. Break them up long-term, short-term, his, hers. And, and it's just an exercise, right? It's, it's not science. You guys talk and, and you'll begin to start to see the common goals. And then what I would like for you to do is, and this is the hard part. Uh, for those of you that have been over to my house, I'm looking you know there's a couple of you guys that have been over to my house. I have my goals posted on the refrigerator and and it can be embarrassing you know if you've got something you're trying to to fix or work out, but post your goals somewhere prominent where you're seeing those, and it what it what I found that it will help you with is um when you're tempted to spend or to you know buy that new, whatever it might be. Or a vacation that maybe was unplanned, or whatever, um, you can go back and look at those goals. And here's what I would do: is ask ask yourself this question. Um, does does spending does buying that whatever it is help you to reach your goals, or does it keep those goals longer? You know, it make there's going to be longer before you meet those goals. And I think it it's it, for me and my wife, it's a real um, it really helps us to keep from. I like uh, impulsive spending, right? Just, just not, uh, not being focused. And she'll remind me, she'll say, you know, we said we were going to do such and such (laughs) right. There it is. And uh, oftentimes we won't. So put them on a prominent place and then repeat that cycle annually. Um, Leslie and I do this. We've done this for, I don't know, 25 years or better Um, actually before, before, we actually started it, so it had been 35 years before we got married. But we would sit down around, around the New Year's. like I hate New Year's res- uh, um, resolutions, thank you. But we would sit down around that time because people are planning anyway. It's not just New Year's resolutions. People are in the planning phase and or planning mode. And we would sit down and l- put our goals down. And we would use last year's sheet as a starting point. And it's really, it's really strange how, you know, life does change You're you go through phases and you'll find that, you know, those goals change, right? Some of those that maybe you'd put on your sheet as a long-term goal, they may change. Some may stay and it really becomes a goal of yours. But I would, you got to be going through that exercise. Um, I would suggest at least annually to be honing in on exactly what you, what you want to accomplish. All right, here's my famous quote there. Aim at nothing, and that's exactly what you'll hit. I know you guys have probably heard variations of that, but it's true. And, and I'll tell you, I'll stop and tell you just a little quick story there. I have a dear friend that um, we worked together, uh, then we separated, you know, we had different jobs, went our separate ways. But he used to tell me, you know, we had kind of this philosophical difference. i like, man, you need a plan and I I plan vacations and everything. I'm sorry. I do. I know exactly where I'm going to be, you know, on vacation. And he was like, man, you need to live, be a little more free. And, but he never planned for anything. Right. We would get there and I'd be like, Hey, I'm going to play golf on Tuesday at one o'clock, got my tea time set up, whatever. And he's like, Oh, okay. Well, I'll see if I can go with you. I mean, it's just like seat of his pants. Right. And so, um, Anyway, fast forward. They've never, and I love this couple. They're dear Christians, but they've they've never set goals. And you guys, they are literally living day to day from from a financial perspective. I mean, the loss of a job would mean they lose stuff, and they're my age, you know. So that's the that's the bad side of not planning of, of not planning and doing some goals. Letting the Lord guide you each year as you go through that. We'll talk about the dreaded budget here. Um, You know what? What is a budget? Does anybody? What would be your definition of a budget? Anybody? Uh, 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 Yeah. (laughs) Very good. (laughs) Very good. Very good. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You got it. Yeah. You got to be in sync. I get it. Yep. Thank you. So I think about a budget as. Um, basically, just telling our funds where to go. Right? We we, we, we can kind of look at our income. We know what our income is, and telling those funds where to go. And the intentionality of that, you know, you, you need. I want you to look at your budget and and realize that some of those categories in there you don't have to have. I think we get this mindset when we go through there of, hey, here's my income and here's all my expenses, like like those are going to stay that way. But I, really, you can. I want you to think radically and think, I can change most all of that to get it to what I want. And again, I go back to why. Why do you want to do that? And, and what I would suggest is that you want to do that for all those things I mentioned, like having peace in our family, having some freedom financially, and then for me, this is what. Now again, everybody's got different goals that maybe the Lord's impressing on you. But for me, it's helping others. That's what I get joy out of. So selfishly, I enjoy doing that. Right? Is letting the Lord use me as a conduit. And but to do that, you've you've got to you you've got to have some some excess, right? You've got to spend less than what you make to be able to to do that. So this is a simple monthly budget where we just take one month and then we take all of our expenses, some of which may or may not be paid out in that month. You know how that is, right? So uh, Christmas, we might have Christmas or gifts on there. Well, we don't spend $83.33 every month, but that's just a number divided by 12. This is the fallacy or the reason that I didn't like this style of budget. So I'm gonna show you what I developed and I was talking with a gentleman earlier um, you know, this is not because, you know, I just, I'm brilliant or I figured this. I, I literally fell into this because I was struggling with my own planning. Like, how do I get this to work better for me? And the Lord kind of gave me this idea, hey, we got this uh, cash flow budget. So this is what I call, a, I used to do modeling, like uh, financial modeling. So I called this my cash flow model. And the difference is, as you'll notice across the top, we have the actual months and then the years as well. Now, picture, I had to break this up for the screen here, but this goes on and on, and, and, and you know, in 60 years old or however far out you want to start kind of planning. But same concept, what's my income? What are my expenses? But the one of the differences is um, that you'll see some of these expenses come at different times. So for me, Christmas comes in maybe October, but really November and December. Okay, we're planners, but we don't get that good at Christmas. So it's November and December. And then um, my life insurance is paid uh, around my birthday in April. So that's a big chunk, but it comes in April. So this allowed me to see where, the, where those expenses are actually hitting. And you'll notice down here, I know it's hard to see, but this line right here, that some of the months are negative. That's real, that's reality. I think you just said that, right? It's hard to plan, but what we wanna do, is when you take this view like, like this, um, it gives you the ability to see overall for the year, are you, are, are you within budget, are you, are you planning to not overspend? And then the, um, the other benefit is, if you'll notice right, starting about right here, is I've got debt list it out. So whatever debts, and I had to narrow this down to just a little bit to get it on the screen, but you can list out your debts here. And the way I've got it set up, the car payment, you know, feeds in to the, to this debt line, right? You can change the car payment, you know, once you get it all set up and, and, and see or model when that car will pay off or when that credit card or whatever you've got that you may want to pay off. And it, I've seen couples get really, really excited about this and get encouraged to maybe make double payments or they'll you can even change one of them. So you're like, Hey, I'm going to sell that boat. You know, I, I I got 5,000 bucks I can get out of that boat and we can pay it on the car. You can put that in the month you're going to sell it and, and pay the car. And automatically you start seeing when that, when that debt will pay off. Okay. Um, and then, right here, I've got assets. Now, I, I personally use liquid assets. These are assets that um, could be liquidated very quickly, like an investment or cash, or really t- like more short-term type um, assets. I don't, I don't include typically. I don't include my house and I don't include um, cars because they depreciate. That's just my personal preference. You can model your entire assets here, furniture, everything, however you want to do it. But, but that's just the way I do it. And then the difference, and boy, I'm having trouble following it right here. Um, here's 401k. The difference right here is what is commonly referred to as your net worth. Um, that is assets minus liabilities. For me, this is a better gauge or a better meter of my progress, right? Whether I'm actually um, having an uh, you know growing my my finance my um, uh, net worth or or not. And again, this came out of my, you know, I reached a point in my journey where you know we kind of had control of our basic expenses and we were struggling, when we weren't struggling with that, we'd kind of gotten a grip on maybe everything but eating out, right? I mean, just being honest. Um, but but we were really trying to see, how we could change move the needle you know on uh, on our on our balance sheet, if you will, and this is what I came up with. So that's at the bottom. I'm sorry I was pointing at the wrong place, so net worth um, It is so I've given this out a lot, and um, maybe a great time to take just a second and introduce our guest. If you want to stand up, introduce yourself, Mr. Barnes. So I'm going to share that. We were, we were visiting before class. I'm going to share that spreadsheet um, with all of you guys if you want it. And I've got my contact information on here. If you just send me um, a little message via email or text and, and include your email, I will email the spreadsheet to you. And it's, it's, um, it's, it's really kind of this exact one. I've got a better example that you'll get where it has a few more items in there um, to think about. And then also, I'll go ahead and throw this out there early, but I, I, I like to help people with this kind of stuff. So what I'm going to offer to you, and, and by the way, I, I'm an auditor. I'm not a, I am not don't do this for a living, but if you need help with any part of your financial planning, um, I'll be happy to sit down and talk to you. There's a lot of cases where it's we just get this set up, and that helps a lot. There's a lot of cases I've run into where someone comes to me, and it's real It's evident to me that they are well along in their journey, and I can put you in touch with other folks I know um, that can help you with investments or estate planning or wherever you are in your journey. So my offer is I'll help you wherever you are, and I don't have a bias. So I don't have anything to sell you. or uh, My only goal is to help you make your goals and to do better as a family. Yeah. uh 35 3400 in this example. Yeah. Let's get the tie up yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a great catch. Yeah. So, I'll give you uh it, it's a great it's a great catch and I'll tell you I I got to confess this spreadsheet The best one I had was a couple that I talked to that was early in their journey. They were about to get married. And this is a little bit of an adjustment of their spreadsheet. And they were not tithing. And I talked to them about that, and I asked them if they could start. And I said, you know, generally it's a 10%. That's uh, in the Old Testament. They weren't uh, ready to go there, but I brought up Malachi 310. And I said, you know, if you'll trust and test the Lord, I think it's the only place that usually he says, don't test me, right? (laughs) Don't do that. Uh, But here he says, test, try me in this. So this was actually the case and where I asked them and they said, okay, we'll try it. So I don't, I hadn't heard back from them because it's been about eight months. But anyway, so good catch. though. Mine is a formula. Actually, mine's not a formula now because we got other things we do. Alright, let's get into some ways. So now we've talked about goals. We've talked about how to how to budget, use a budget tool. But now I want to give you some practical tips on how to reduce expenses. You may want to go, you know, I, I have to do this, you know, kind of kind of routinely because expenses tend to creep in to your budget. Anybody out here? get that? Yeah. I mean, you got, you know, some new Disney plus or, I mean, if I pick on something, I'm sorry, but there are a couple of slides. I'm going to go ahead and apologize, but it, uh, ways to cut your expense. uh, But you know, they're, they're real ways to cut expense. So I'm just going to say that right up front. All right. So here's a couple of guidelines. First, ask yourself these questions. Is it essential? And again, just a guideline doesn't mean you have to cut it. Does it make me happy? Would, it, would something cheaper suffice? You know, do, am, I, am I getting the most expensive or whatever of these items? But quality is a different conversation. I agree. Yep. Um, is this the best use of my money? I would, I would suggest that if you've done your goals, you kind of bounce it against those goals, you know? And then does this item get me closer to my financial goal? Or does it keep me from making it? Does it stretch uh, the timeline out for making that goal? The first ones I'm going to give you are going to be quick and easy. Okay, you ready? This th- this sounds like the most obvious one, right, everybody? And and by the way, I've, just so we're clear, I've had couples come to me before and say, "Hey, we're having trouble," we hadn't, and nobody you would know. I just want to clear the clear the air of that. <laughs> But I've had couples come to me and say, hey, we're having trouble. Um, here's what my income is, you know, et cetera. And um, we're, we're willing to cut cable. We're willing to do this. And I'm, okay, great, great. And I start talking to them more. And then I'm like, okay, what about the house? Um, well, $650,000 house. I'm like, okay, <laughs> should, should we talk about the elephant in the room here? You know? And I remember um, talking to this one couple and telling them, say, you know, you you need to address this house, I mean, you, you, you've you got this level of income and this level of house. And I'm looking over at the guy, and he's going, Yeah. And I look over the lady, and no offense, but I just tell you the story. And she's like, <laughs> She's giving me the evil eye. So fast forward, um, they bought a pool and they're still in trouble. Okay. <laughs> so, what I mean by telling you that story is all cuts, if you don't need it, are good. Okay. But also, don't fool yourself to think that one little cut is going to move the needle on your budget. You may have to look a little deeper. Here's one. $1,500 a year for cable. Financial fees. I find that people just assume that financial p- fees are part of their daily life. Most of these can be cut out with either proper uh, management or sometimes just asking, all right? So I've got my pet pee one uh, that... Um, I always ask for them to cut it. And then reduce interest rate on debt. Now, this is assuming that you have debt and um, perhaps you want to make a phone call or two and say, hey, I'm trying to get out of debt. Would you consider reducing the interest rate on, let's say, a credit card? I've seen this work, not consistently, but sometimes, most of the time, the credit card company will want to shut off your your credit limit, like you're done, but they will reduce your interest rate. Um, not always. I, I've seen sometimes when they're not willing to do this, but it's worth a call to ask. Okay. Um, eating out now, this is a big one. And by the way, this is this uh, four thousand six hundred forty-four dollars is just an example. I'm gonna tell you, I've seen people come in and are spending nine, ten thousand dollars a year eating out. And it's not like you know families that you would think, oh, well, they're executives or something. It's just normal families, and they're spending a ton on eating out. In fact, this is such a big area that, and I, ha- I don't have it ready for this class, but the Lord kind of impressed on me to give even more practical tips, and so I don't laugh, but I've come up with a cookbook that I'm going uh, uh, easy meal cookbook because I find that a lot of people are just suffering from not knowing what to do like how do I cook how can I make this easy and so I literally have about 12 or 13 uh, recipes that I've put in a format and got it almost ready Angela Dormer is going to help me she's a fabulous cook you know Angela so they're going to help me with uh, finishing it out and I can send that to you if you want it um Water versus soda, um, that's another one, and these are just numbers you could cut out, you know, an example of what you might could cut out of your budget. By, and by the way, soda is loaded with sugar that's horrible for you, so that's a good one. Making your own coffee, you'll hear this one a lot, too. Remember, these are quick and easy ones, okay? Uh, making your own coffee, and, you know, if you make your own, I think one time I'd, I I'm an, I'm, analyzed everything, Okay. A cup of coffee you make in your good old drip is about seven or eight cents a cup, okay? And the Keurigs are what, 80 cents or 75 cents? And then go to Starbucks, it's six bucks or eight bucks. bucks what? Five bucks okay. It's, oh, it's, I love it. I love it, five bucks. That's That's like a whole paycheck, right? The grocery store, whole paycheck? Yeah. <laughs> That beats seven cents all day. Love it. Is it pretty good coffee? okay, <laughs> it's strong. <laughs> all right, so just again, just an example, but look at this. I've given you these quick and easy examples that could amount to over ten thousand dollars right there. You may not have all these. you may have just a couple of these now. let's talk about some that maybe categorize it like a major change right Now I've got to go a little bit a little bit deeper step here um. This is one that usually yields a pretty pretty big bang for the buck, and that is trade a car that you have a car payment on for a car that you could pay cash for. And yes, I understand. Hey, I would have to have cash to pay for the car, right? So I know there's a little bit of a transition here. I'm sorry? It is. It's hard to find cars that are affordable enough, right, to that you could pay cash, but... It can be done. I'll give you a recent example. I recently found a pickup truck, non-running at, you know, but, but um, a pickup truck, 400 dollars. Now I gave it to my brother because he, he loves old pickup trucks, so I gave it to my brother. He spent a Saturday. I helped him, and he, we spent a Saturday and we got it running. He's going to spend about 3,000 dollars on it, and it will be roadworthy. OK, and I mean, it is a nice pickup. Now, it doesn't look nice, but it's a nice pickup truck. So that's a that's a I know that's a humorous example. But what I'm telling you is if you're really serious about making this work and making a change and you're in that part of your journey. Right. Then then you can do this and it could save you big bucks. 480 is a small car payment almost now, is it not? I mean, these cars have gotten so ridiculously expensive. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 tough. Especially with interest rates going up. All right, so rent versus buy. This is if you buy versus renting, but I want to take just a pause here and say it is a it, there's more to this calculation than just me saying, "Hey, rent is probably x and buying is $400 less than that." I, I get it. There's more to that. I, I have a whole spreadsheet that helps you analyze uh, whether it's better to rent or buy. But it's just a, another example, fair enough that you could that you could go through. All right, And then selling assets to reduce um, your debt. I find that a lot of things these days uh, can be converted to cash. You guys know there's a ton of services out there, apps like Facebook Market. Um, eBay, Etsy, other things where you can take items that you have and turn them into cash. And I would suggest that if you do that, you take that cash and apply it towards uh, debt or towards whatever that goal is. Um, So uh, that's a a good idea. And then if you've got items um, that you you want to um, donate, one thing that I ran across recently was Bibles for China that is um, Bellevue-sponsored that where you can take items and donate uh, to Bibles for China, and then they sell them at a really reduced uh, rate over there. So, But primarily, we're talking about ways to reduce your expense and maybe pay off debt. So here's another 15, you know, or, or up to 15,000. You may not have all these again, but just um, some ideas that you might could reduce. And by the way, I gave the example earlier about the couple that had the super expensive house or pretty expensive house. And um, that is something that you can also consider. And I, I get it. That's tougher, right, to say, hey, because the school districts and everything, I get it. That's tougher. But again, you know, it depends on where you are in your journey and what your goals are, what you're trying to accomplish. If you're if you're trying to get to financial peace and debt free, it may be worth making that change. Now we got a bunch of little other ideas that I'm gonna just kind of throw at you. Um, Better health and exercise. Uh, Let's face it that, by the way, the number one cause of bankruptcy in the US is health expenses, health expenses. So this is a big one, but keep keep your health up, exercise. Um, Correct tire pressure, sounds so simple. But put air in those tires and it will save you a little bit of money on uh, miles per gallon. Routine maintenance on your vehicles and other things. Here's the one. Look, I know I love Brody, but pets are super expensive, okay? I know someone who just spent $3,000 unexpectedly on a otherwise super healthy pet because the pet ate something he wasn't supposed to right? So pets can be very expensive. Just remember where you are in your journey and make the decision accordingly, right? What? <laughs> That's, you could get in trouble for that. Okay. Uh, avoid or, or cancel warranties, extended warranties. You know, you get offered this with just about any purchase, maybe over a hundred bucks, right? Have you ever been asked that? at the register. Hey, do you want that extended warranty? You know, protects you from anything. Be very careful with these. Um, most of them are not worth the money. What we want you to do is to have, to, to get yourself in a financial position to where you could sustain, sustain such a loss and it wouldn't be a big deal. The, the cost of that type of insurance is very expensive compared to the item you're insuring, okay? And that's basically what you're doing. They'll call it an extended warranty or maintenance plan or whatever, but it's generally insurance uh, transferring the risk of damage, okay? And these things add up, you know, $15 here, $20 here, whatever. Um, And I'm not saying they're not ever, you know, some maintenance plans may be, you know, like maybe on HVAC or some, I don't know, maybe, you know, you just really have to evaluate that. But if you're, depending on where you are in your journey, it becomes an easier answer where you can say no, you know. And and I would encourage you, this is a little bit of a tangent, but um, always have a threshold for your insurance. So what, what kind of loss could I sustain and be okay? And don't insure things that are less than that. So it may be $5,000 or $2,000 or whatever. And that's an easy way to say no to these. Say, ah, I'm not going to insure something you know, less than that. All right, simplified vacation. Again, if you're, depending on where you are in your journey, you might want to try a camping or a staycation. These things are very inexpensive if you do that. Um, Cut your services. This is all your grass yard treatment, house cleaning. I I mean, I've, I've seen budgets that are just eat up with this kind of stuff, right? None of them are wrong. Right, if it may be in your journey that you're at a place where you can afford this, and it for, it affords you to do more mission work or whatever it is, right? I I understand, but I'm just giving you some more examples of how to cut. How about grown kids? Another one I see. Oh, I, every time we go out to eat, I'm gonna pay for my grown kids to eat. Uh, uh-uh. make them get a job and pay for their own. Right? Sorry. <laughs> That's a little sensitive one there, right? My kids make more than I do. I mean, what, you know, they need to pay for their own stuff. All right, here's, a, here's one, no pyramid parties. Um, you know, these things are a lot of pressure. A lot of them great products, right? I'm not dogging their products. If you, want a pr- if you need something, then plan for it, budget for it. Call the person and say, that's the one thing I need. Don't go to a party. They'll try to sell you everything in their, in their uh, inventory. Um, additional life insurance at work, life insurance at work is typically more expensive, quite a bit more expensive than if you just go get term life insurance. okay? Now, caveat to that. I know that some people may or may not be, they may have certain issues and insurability is a question. So I get that. There may be some extenuating circumstances where you might take some ex, uh, life insurance at work. but generally speaking, just get term insurance. Um, beware of other insurances. Even at my, you know, my company every year, I'm right on the fence with with like dental or vision and whether it really provides enough benefit versus the premium that I pay. Um, cancer insurance, you know, there's a million of them out there. You know, the Affleck commercials, they're, they're not free. And so they pay for those from something and it's all the premiums. Uh, buying clubs, again, just make an evaluation. It may be great if you have a huge family, you know, and um, you're buying in bulk. That may be a great deal for you, but um, take some evaluation there. Tipping, um, you know, you'll hear Brother Steve uh, re- talk about uh, being generous and tipping. Um, your, your wait staff, I'm totally for that, but I'm just saying, you know, if you're in a constant, if you're, if you're trying to meet a goal, right, And you're constantly rounding up, like I know somebody in my family does. (laughs) You know, they just round up, and it could be like 25% or whatever. Be intentional. If you're going to give, give. But don't just do something automatically just because. Does that make sense? Okay. Vending machines. uh, I was talking to somebody at dinner tonight about this versus the grocery store. If you, my son-in-law is an ER nurse, and, um, you know, they eat on the fly. And this took us a, a while for, for uh, him to realize, hey, we're spending a lot on vending machines and DoorDash and other food services coming in. And then he started taking his lunch and was like, hey, this is a lot better, <laughs> saving a lot of money. And then giving, be, th- this is back to my earlier point, be generous but not pressured. There's a lot of pressure at work at some of your guys' employment, uh, places of employment to give. And I don't want you to feel pressured. I want you to be intentional about your giving, but not feel pressured to give. Does that make sense? And I, I often will say, if I'm pressured on something, even walking in the grocery store, I'll say, I, I, I give to my church, you know, and I give generously to my church. I'll say that so that they know I'm not just blowing them off, but, but there's a reason. Uh, food waste you know, this is where you got to be careful about stocking up. I've seen people, especially through COVID, coming through COVID and the fear factor, and stocking up. Be real careful about that. You know, I see if you're if you're going through a lot of food waste, it's just it's it's a it's a bad idea. So more, ask for that raise at work. And now, oh, this is a ways to increase your income. So let's let's flip flip the coin over. Start talking about maybe ways that we can. Uh, raise our um, income increase our income a couple of side hustles here um, yard work house cleaning extra hours paint interior painting what there's a lot of them out there and there's a lot of new apps that can help you but be careful about those and count the cost I did some uber driving not because I needed the money I wanted to learn how it worked and and what it was about and whether I could uh, represent it right and I'd say the cost of of uh, maintaining your vehicle is is real. It's probably a wash with uh, the income. And I'm, if anybody's Uber driver, it may work good for you. But it, my experiment was that it was it was kind of a toss up, right? And I enjoy doing it just because I love people. But certifications make sure that you'll get paid for that or that it will help you in your work. Uh, my son-in-law again, ER nurse. He can. He's done certain. I don't know what's environmental certifications or hazmat and he gets a raise. If he does that, that's that, that take advantage of that, right? That's, that's good education, but don't go get an underwater basket weaving degree and think that you know, that's a good $20,000 that you spend. Uh, And then changing jobs or company, the economy sputtering just a little here, but jobs are still plentiful out there depending on what field you're in uh, lots of jobs and the opportunity to switch there's a bunch of studies uh, several out of harvard that show a um, comparison of someone who has taken and changed multiple times in their jobs versus someone who just started with a company and went forward and the study found that the folks that changed were were way ahead in uh, and again that's just you know just a study it's not not what i'm telling you to do but it's something you should, should consider. And then we talked about this early, but sell unused items or become a seller yourself of something. If you're real creative and you create something and you've got kind of a niche of how to do that, you might be able to sell it um, and, and do it routinely. There's a guy at the church that makes Adirondack ch- chairs right here, and he did it for just his family. Uh, and then somebody found out, ordered a couple, and now he has a two-year waiting list on those Adirondack chairs. So, yeah, I was in uh, the men's breakfast, prayer breakfast, and talked to him. All right, here's our baby steps. I promised you, some of you, this is a total repeat, I get it. But baby step one, save $1,000 for an emergency fund. This is to make sure that when something happens, not if, but when something happens, you have a little bit of money to cover it and you're not forced into a bad decision. Number two, start paying off all your debt except for your house. Um, this would be including school loans. I know school loans, it's, a, it's the second fastest uh, growing debt right now um, in, in the US, is school loans. But pay off your debt. You guys have heard of the debt snowball? Yeah, everybody? I won't go through it if you have. Uh, I got a couple of. So pay off the smallest balance. Uh, debt, not the biggest interest rate, the smallest balance, this gets you momentum, right? So it may be a thousand dollar debt or whatever, but you pay that off and then you take what you were paying on that debt and apply it to the next one. And that snowball really starts to work for you. It builds momentum. Then say, once you've paid off your debt, go back to emergency fund. This time, we're going to go three to six months of your net take-home pay. Okay. If you're two-income family, you can maybe lean towards the three months. If you're one income, you really need to push six months or beyond in that emergency fund. And by the way, this, um, be careful where you put this. Don't, don't put this at risk, like, in you know, a wild investment or something, right? This needs to be kind of boring cash, CD, something like that. And then step four invest 15% of your income. This could be in your 401k or whatever vehicle you have, an IRA that you set up. Step five, if you have kids, and by the way, four, five, and on can be done kind of simultaneously. One, two, and three need to be be done in order. There's a reason for that. Um, And then save for college. We go back to the house, pay off the house early. Um, I like I've almost got mine done. And one of the things that I found that was really easy, take the payment and just round it up. So for example, if your payment is $1,033 or I'm just making that up, but maybe you're able to round that up to 1,100 or to 1,500 or whatever number you can round up to and just make that that routine. You'll be surprised how fast that debt will start coming down because it's The extra portion's all going to principal. Make sense? One more little comment there. If you started with a house and you've got uh, mortgage insurance on it, you didn't have the 20% down, so you've got that little extra called mortgage insurance. PMI, yep, you can start working towards um, paying that debt down, and there are some rules, but make some phone calls to your mortgage company and ask them how you can get out of that mortgage insurance. I've had several People that have come through that I've been able to coach them through calling, they made like a five thousand dollar payment towards their uh, debt and got rid of one hundred and twenty three dollars a month of on the of their payment. And then my favorite one, the one I've been wanting to get to, is build wealth and give. This is the why. This is the part that drives me. The Lord will guide you as to what will drive you. But for me, uh, my wife and I have a kind of a. a, a mission statement, if you will, for for our finances. And that mission statement is this. We want to keep our standard of living pretty consistent. Okay. I'm not, not live like a popper. I got a nice house, got two air conditioners, a whole, you know, nine yards. I'm not saying live like a popper. I'm just saying, keep that standard of living. Don't let it completely grow as you grow your wealth. Have a pot, you know, of, of leftover, if you will, a pot of money that you can help, you can give. I love, this is the part I love. I love giving. It, it selfishly, I guess, I don't know, but it just gives me great joy to help others. And you, you'll get a lot of joy out of this. And if you, I suffered from a little bit of depression or uh, mid, midlife, I guess you call it. And this is the one thing that kind of helped me out of that is to focus on helping others all of a sudden, my problems just seem to kind of pass away. It's like, eh, yeah, mine aren't so bad, and they were bad, but they did just seem not so bad as we started to help others. Does that make sense? That's my why. Okay, so figure out what your why is, and um, and and then and you know, the Lord's given us some some um, uh, goals or some things that we're shooting for, we're praying for, we're asking Him to bless us. So that we can do this certain thing, I think that is, He loves hearing those prayers, right? Lord, let me be a conduit; just flow it through me. And here's something I see that I think maybe You've provided to me, and I want to get—I want to meet that need. You know, I want You to meet it through me, right? All right. Uh, Bellevue Ramsey, and thanks for putting this in there, Tim. But um, are we—we're going to do this for free for everybody, right? Okay. 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 So if you haven't signed up for Ramsey Plus, uh, the website, all of the all of the series are on there, and more. There's a lot of content in there. He's got an app called um, Every Dollar. Thank you. If you need an app to track and figure out where you're going wrong, now, now I, full disclosure, I don't do this right now. I don't. I don't track every amount. I use my spreadsheet. That's my measuring tool but it's just where I am in my journey. Some folks say, I don't know where I'm going wrong. Use every dollar and it will help you figure out where you're going wrong, right? And then if you still need help, um, got the spreadsheet I talked about. We're gonna have the cookbook soon. Uh, The slides, you can have those. I've got all kinds of other financial material. Um, But And then we have the certified coach uh, right back here. This is my email address and phone number and anything you need. Just just message me and I'll send. I have, I have, I have people contact me for all kinds of stuff and I'm just, I'm willing to help however I can. So um, if I can be of assistance, then let me know. Any questions? I, I hope, did I save any time for questions? Okay. I know I've kind of moved fast, but that was my intent to um, give some time for questions. No questions Yeah, great question. So rent versus buy, versus buy, what I find is the big variable is usually time, okay how long you're going to be in the house I can the cases that I make for rent usually um, come from a, I'm going to be there a short amount of time. We've been in a market that's been unusual housing wise, every, you know, you just point in the air and ducks fall, right? I mean, it just, it just seems like everything goes up. That's not, that's not his not necessarily all the time. I can go back to 07, 08 when people just got clobbered in real estate and we'd go back and say, wow, I wish I would have rented. I knew I was going to be there for two years, you know, and it would have been so much better if I would have rented. So generally speaking, Time is the factor uh, for rent versus buy. Um, there are other, you know, factors. Um, repair and maintenance usually just gets completely overlooked. What it might cost you to actually live in the house. Uh, I've heard horror stories of folks going in and first month they're in there. You know, they get a ten thousand dollar HVAC bill. You know, the HVAC the uh, HVAC system goes out. I've got rental property and I can tell you as soon as I sign the, you know, I'm at closing. I close. I walk out. The air conditioner breaks. (laughs) So it happens. (laughs) Or the roof leaks or something. It's just never ending. But so the caution there is, you know, depending on where you are in your journey, sometimes renting is easier to budget by. It's one number. There's no repairs or hidden, you know, anything. And it might be easier for you should start with a rent and then get your budget working towards a house. One other thing about buying a house is make sure it fits in your budget, right? Don't overbuy and be house poor. Like my example, the folks that I, I think the guy made uh, about a hundred thousand a year sound, I mean, like, sounds like a big, that's a big salary, right? But he bought a $650,000 house. Does that not sound crazy to you guys? Yeah, he qualified. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. The, the qualification process gives you to their point I think the formulas are a lot more uh, of your gross income. I think you can go up to what, maybe 37 percent or some. And typically Dave Ramsey, good guide, about 25 percent. That's what? So, yeah, good question. Yep, this is this is tough, right? The emergency fund is there for an emergency, which means that the cash can't be at risk. And I hate this. I mean, I really do. I, my money is sitting dead, like absolutely. I mean, there was a point where I was getting 0.1%. It was like pennies, right? But if you put that money at risk, you know, good old Murphy's Law will come true And when you need it the most, you'll be selling it in a fire sale, or you'll be cashing it in in a fire sale. That's the risk. So I I don't know that I have a better answer for you. Exactly. Yeah. So what you want to do is you want to make sure there's no risk of loss to the principal, right? If you find that product FDIC insured product or whatever it is, that's fine. So there's there's a number of those vehicles. They're all going to be boring. They're all going to pay low, even even in this raising right uh, rate environment. You know what, three sixty five or something. I don't know whatever it is. Um, yes, sir. So you can choose different different time links. I think three, six, nine. You can go out several years. Um, Yep, yep. So it's it's a great question. If your fund, let's say, is forty, fifty thousand, whatever you have to have, and let you know you're you're concerned about, hey, I'm gonna put it in there, and it's 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 gonna be tied up. Stagger it, right? Uh, You can put ten thousand in and put it in for. Six months, and then wait two months, and then put ten thousand in, and that way you always have a portion of it coming due, and it'll auto renew. But it's just that window that you could pull it out. Right? Great question. Well, you guys are really good. What else? Okay, I, I depart from Dave on one thing. Okay, and that is if you're in the early part of your journey and you're trying to pay off debt, I still want you to get the 401k match, okay? I think generally he suggests that we're not doing the 401k at that stage. I do, if you'll just allow me, I depart right there. But if your company offers a match, maybe it's, you know, some percentage up to 3% of your salary or whatever. I, I highly recommend that you go ahead and put the 3% in and get that match. It's free money. You will not find a return like that anywhere safely. (laughs) Okay? All right. Anything else? Well, thanks, you guys. Thanks for letting me share.
0: Well, Tom, thank you. And I love that he starts the biblical principles and applies them to some really good tips for us. Hey, a few quick slides. We'll wrap up. Um, James in the back, if you want to take a, a... screenshot, if you'd like, this slide. It's got his email address. He's a Bellevue member here, trusted. We've been friends for a long time, and he'd be a great help to you along with Tom as well. So two wonderful, godly men who'd love to be a help to anybody in the room. Um, just a reminder, here at Bellevue, we are for your family. Uh, it was so important for us to be able to resource you. We want to do that. Just a few things. You can visit, as we said, this website, and you can sign up. So right now, we've got it through December of two thousand twenty-six. Uh, there's an app, there's content, there's tools. Just go to billbid.org forward slash Ramsey and you can sign up for free. Fantastic. Um, also, our webpage, .org forward slash family. On, on the family webpage, there's all types of great things, especially for parents who have kids in the home, um, ways to to raise them biblically and to guide them as you go. Also, we highly recommend being a part of the life group. If you're not in a life group, um, please check out this webpage. That's my kids. If, is that yours? That's right. Oh, there is, isn't it? That's right. We paid them handsomely to be on there. Yeah, no doubt. Absolutely, sure do. Um, so anyway, a lot of folks in here are in our, are already in life groups. That's just where you get to know people, meet people. You can pray for each other and hear what's going on in other lives. So please consider it. And then also be back next week if this fits your stage of life. We're doing grandparenting with influence. That'll be next week right here in this room. So thanks so much for being here. If you would stand up with me, please, and I'm going to pray for us and uh We'll head out. Again, Tom, thank you so much. So appreciate you. I'm going to put Tom's uh, information back on the screen just for a second for anybody uh, who wants to get his captured stuff at the bottom. Let me pray for us. Father, we praise your name and we thank you so much for us us be here tonight together. We're just as a group and uh, folks who are looking to you and your word for wisdom. And I thank you for men like Tom that are just willing to, to walk us through his experience and tie tips to your word. Bless us tonight as we go, God. I pray you'd be with every person here. And I pray you'd give us sweet rest tonight as we go to sleep. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. Thank you. All have a good night. Thank you.